Hello and welcome to the Golink Show. My name is Ben Harris, founder of Golink, a goal-setting community sharing weekly challenges. These challenges are inspired by brands to bring you new ways to develop and improve yourself. You can kick back and watch me take on these exciting and uncomfortable challenges, or you can join me. I challenge every listener to complete these weekly goals. Catch the content on Instagram or Facebook at Golink Group. The Golink Show, this podcast recounts experiences from the achievers of the world, but not just the success. We delve into the challenges and struggle we all face. How do we find the will to push through? What role do motivation, discipline, and failure play in our lives? Let's talk about the progress and not just the result. We discuss this and much more on the show. Thanks for tuning in. This week, we have my friend Jason on the show. He's recently left the traditional corporate world and become a financial advisor in a commission-only environment, where usually you find some shady shenanigans because it's commission-only, but why he believes doing the right thing will build his business organically. And these are some of the more things that we go into. The employee mindset, what it is and how to break out of it. How his moment of inspiration relates to watching a sunrise and not experiencing a bright light in darkness. How our parents make financial mistakes out of love. Embracing the pain now saves us from more pain later and how this relates to saving and investing your money. How looking for ways to make better financial decisions is the first and most critical step. You can't make changes until you start looking for them. Why he's okay losing a good life to gain a great life. I'm excited for this interview, so let's jump right into it. All right, Jason, my man, thank you for being here. Before we jump into your new adventure, I want to know about your financial mistakes or things that you would go back and change. So tell the community, just like looking back in the past, what would you change if you could go back? Sure. Um, you know, it was... My wife and I, when we first got married, were extremely conscious of all of our, all our finances. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, any credit card debt we put on, we would immediately pay it off. Um, you know, we bought a home early on to try mm -hmm. and ensure that our money was being invested instead of just kind of going to waste, which is debatable now as I look back, yeah. right? I mean, to rent, to buy, whatever. Um, you know, Grant, Uncle G will tell yeah. you don't buy, uh -huh. right? But, um, and that's still something that, you know, I'm figuring out for myself and my family. But, um, you know, we had a, we had an incredible home in Sandy built in 61. It was real mm -hmm. old. Um, but we put a ton of work and love into that home. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then, you know, we got, um, uh, we, we got, uh, we, we found ourselves looking, we had a friend who sold and made, made some really good money. Surprisingly, we had only been there two years. Um, we saw an opportunity to build and obviously these new builds and the way the prefab is compared to the old homes is just very enticing initially. Yeah. Now I'm almost sick of it and would prefer <laughs> to go back into something with a uh, character, right? In air quotes. Um, but you know, buying that second home, I look at, in my opinion now, I, I wish I had never done that. Um, you know, just upgrading cars. It's, it's the same old, right? Mm. You know, I made promotions quick. My wife was in a pretty good role, so we were making more money than either of us had ever made. And so you make more money and you figure out ways to spend it instead of figuring out ways to save it. And mm -hmm. so that was, it was really just compounding issues, you know, where huh. uh, we were just figuring out ways to spend the money that we were bringing in. Wait, isn't that interesting? I love how you said compounding <laughs> issues yeah. instead of usually with finance, you think compounding interest, like it's doing something yeah. for you, but you were 
getting more money and it was doing something like against you. Yeah, exactly. Dude, that's that's fascinating. I'm gonna have yeah. to ruminate on that one later. Yeah. Um. So, you decided to make the jump, and how long before you made the jump? I think you were thinking about it for a couple years. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So from the moment you learned about the job, you waited a year, and then you were kind of training and getting more invested doing it part-time for a couple years, and then you finally made the jump, right? Yeah, yep. So right now, in this current day and age, I feel like people want, well, I don't know. Well, I guess, I'm not even guessing. I know that people want instant gratification. As far as three years isn't even a long time, but you were doing it on the side, right? Correct. And so what made you finally say, okay, I've done this enough on the side. Why is it now time to do this? Like I'm fully jumping in. Here we go. So definitely um, through that first year, um, mindset wise, I was not there. Skill set wise, maybe haven't changed or evolved a ton since that time. But mindset, I was not ready. You know, I was through and through. I was an employee and that was what I felt and that was what I knew. And that's where I was comfortable and that's mm-hmm. generally the majority of us. We're comfortable with that. That's interesting. And so we've talked about this before. And I think if any employees, in air quotes, are hearing this, they don't understand. So can you break it down a little bit? Like, what's the employee mindset? Like, what does that mindset look like and how'd you break out of it? Sure. So it's, it's um, you know, when you have the, that employee mindset, the whole idea there is that you have guide rails, right? I mean, mm. you're within a system, you're plugged into a system or into a machine that's kind of functioning and operating. Um, you know, you get more or less work, but you get the same pay. It doesn't really matter, right? That's, mm-hmm. you have comfortability, if that's a word, yeah, <laughs> security, is, comfortability, it is a word. I think I know that, but uh, <laughs> obviously saying it in an interview is scarier, but... <laughs> security um right you you have um you know it's very predictable to an extent mm-hmm. um and you know within that uh, you know within those guide rails and within those companies mm-hmm. um you know you you have that phrase that's even utilized over and over of ownership you know mm-hmm. and so I, throughout my career i think it was a long time where it was like Okay, you were there when I when I made one of my first and biggest promotions into yeah. my career and uh, moved into a role where we started a whole department. Mm-hmm. Started that with a new manager, and then um, that manager decided that um, she was going to make a different career change. So she she left the company, and it was left to me, extremely green, extremely mm-hmm. young, um, and just trying to figure out how to do it. And so and so I did. You know, it was sink or swim, and and uh, just fought to swim and. Mm-hmm. We built that department and obviously I didn't do it by myself a ton of mentorship and guidance from some great individuals and leaders there. Um, but even then, you know, I was not happy because it was a traveling role, which I did not want to mm-hmm. be in. Um, I did feel undercompensated during that time. Um, and and eventually when I was able to make the jump back in and when I was brought back internal, I was no longer traveling. So I changed roles. It was eye opening to me the amount uh, or the change in you know, I was an owner there. I grew that department, you know, in, Mm -hmm. in those startups, a lot of times you're working as like a, a project manager, a business, everything, everything, right. Mm -hmm. You're, I'm, I was anyone that was anywhere Mm -hmm. was asking me about that department. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, but once I left, it was like, I was never there, 
you know, nobody remembered that nobody, it it was just now it moves on. And that's not me saying it in a bad way or Mm -hmm. negative way. That's just the reality of it Mm -hmm. because that's how it was. It was no longer mine. I had new responsibilities. And so that employee mindset, I guess for me was just that it was that I um, was working within those guide rails and uh, I was growing and building things that weren't actually mine, you know? Yeah. And it sounds cool, right? I'll be honest, Jason. Like, it sounds cool to own your own company or be an entrepreneur. It sounds really cool, but it's scary, right? It's frightening. Definitely. And you're feeling, you're feeling it, which we'll talk about. Like, really, though, people think it's so cool. Like, I want to be my own boss. It's easier not being your own boss. Like you said, it's so much more comforting to, like, have that reliable paycheck. And so, like, why did you end up, like, why is being your own boss more important than being an employee? So, um, I, I look at it this way. Um, for me, it was, I had now been developed and, um, mentored. I had built a skill set and a mindset that in my opinion, if, uh, if I didn't utilize it, if I didn't max it out, you know, like our, <laughs> our man Ed would say, mm-hmm. if I didn't, um, if I didn't fulfill the potential that I feel that I have and that I've been blessed with, um, from a skill set perspective, from a mindset perspective, and and uh, overall, you know, just pedigree. If I didn't um, ever branch out, then I don't feel I could ever max out that potential. If yeah, that I mean that makes complete sense to me. What was, do you remember one of the first moments that you noticed your mind shit, mind shit, mind shift? <laughs> That's hopefully your mind isn't shit, but, but like it was shifting. What was something that inspired it? Like, did you learn something, read something? Was someone tell you something? Do you remember what that was? Yeah, I remember very clearly, um, you know, I had been in the, in the financial services industry, um, half in, half out for some time. Um, about just over a year probably. And I had a very good friend that I worked with a close friend, um, who told me, I, you know, I probably, you know, it was just the, the beginning of the year. And he told me, I probably won't be here, you know, um, for very long. And, uh, and so, you know, things had had, some, we had some drastic changes at works to where I'd become much more comfortable, much more happy at your nine to five. Yes. At my mm-hmm. previous job. And so, I become much more content, um, to kind of maybe just settling back in, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's the temptation that, that, uh, you feel, you Mm -hmm. know? And so I had felt that very strongly getting ready to settle back in and, um, you know, ride it out and, uh, you know, and, uh, hope to make the best of it. And, um, once again, and this is not to knock if anybody's decision is to be in that, that, uh, that career path, that trajectory, but, for me, it, it it was once again. I felt it was a waste. You know, I felt I felt it was a sin, even a sin of omission. Interesting to, to stay there and to uh, not try and uh, bless people's lives in the way that I felt I could. If At I least try, there. right? Exactly. Like exactly. go for it. Exactly. And so when that friend told me that, I you know it blew my mind because things were so good. Hmm. Um, you know, we, there was a lot you know at work where everyone goes through it, but there was a lot of times where we weren't. I just wasn't as happy as I felt like I should be and blah, 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 maybe some entitlement in there, you know, Mm -hmm. but, um, at that point it was good. Everything was good. And so 
having that mindset shift kind of felt like it was coming from a much more pure space or area. I like it us. instead of like, I'm leaving because I don't like exactly, it. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Things were good. Um, I felt like some of the, the wrongs maybe they had done to me had been rectified, um, mm-hmm. you know, by some good leadership, some great leadership there. And, um, and so it was, uh, I, um, um, had that little mindset shift. And so I started seeking out guidance, right? So I started doing what everybody does. I just wanted to kind of get motivated. And so I, I just YouTubed, um, Tony Robbins, you know, I love it. And that, that literally opened a whole new world of personal development. You know, mm-hmm. I listened to Tony, um, and then just slowly it just branched into other individuals. Um, and, and the more and more that I listened, the more enamored with personal development and, um, growth I became. And I just, it just realized more and more. And I was just filled more and more with, um, hope and belief and faith in myself and in my mm. skill set and, cool. and the potential that I had. So it wasn't necessarily right. I, I like to compare it. In fact, there's an individual, um, who compares, um, you know, there's, there's questions in, in, from a religious standpoint of, you know, how you feel, how you feel promptings from God and the spirit. Mm-hmm. And the best way I ever heard it described, it was in a, a discourse once, it was that um, you could either feel it, it was like compared to being in a dark room and the light turns on, mm-hmm. right? Or it was like being uh, out in the open and watching the sunrise. Ooh, and so, I've never heard that. So, it, it, so there was a moment where I was definitely, you know, like um, pushed along with my good friend who told me that. But then it was a slow sunrise of, you know nine months of, of me filling myself with content and knowledge and wisdom of, from guys who are doing it and are putting content out there for, for me, you know, and for Mm -hmm. other people like me, um, like you, what you're doing. Right. And so it it was a, it was a, it was a slow, steady sunrise of knowledge and, and, um, wisdom that I was just taking in constantly until I felt like, um, I had built the mindset to match the skill set to match the endeavor and the goal, you know? All right. And that is a great answer, by the way. But um, for the people, it doesn't matter. Jason mentioned earlier that it doesn't matter if like if you're OK being an employee, that's all right. Yeah. So but how could you apply the same mindset if you are an employee like of like being an owner or you know what I mean? Like, yeah. how how can we apply that mindset in our nine to five or our day to day if we're OK? you know, being that employee. Uh, definitely. Right. I, um, I, I have some great, I've had, like I said, some great mentors in my life that have mm-hmm. built their careers in the corporate world that yeah. I appreciate, look up to, um, you know, revere. And so it, once again, it, it is all up to each individual, um, how they want to fulfill, you know, their, their own destiny or create their own destiny. Um, you know, I listened to an interview once, um, and it was uh, an individual, I can't remember his name now, but he's the creator of the Hot Cheetos. So I don't know if you ever listened to that one. Uh-uh. He was the creator of the Hot Cheetos and he was a janitor who had never, um, you know, he had, he'd never finished school. I don't think he could read at the time. And, and uh, you know, almost out of dumb luck, you know, they told him, they told everybody, hey, we want to create empowerment. So he tries to call the CEO and tell him about this idea, you know, and, and most people won't try and do that because they yeah. don't believe it right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And here he becomes a huge uh, VP and executive for multiple companies and, and created a career path in that role. 
in my mind, in my mindset now more than ever, I understand the idea of ownership. And so if you're building a career, wherever you're building it, ownership is the key, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's owning what you're doing. It's maxing out whatever you're doing. It's being the best at it. And it's looking for opportunities continuously, you know, shamelessly and, and, um, whatever you have to do to achieve that, that's the goal. You know? Yeah. Right. Like whatever you're doing, own it and make sure you're happy doing it and be the yeah. best at it. Exactly. All right. Let's jump into some of the financial realm. What, so you're, you know, advising people of what to do with their finances. What's one mistake that you've seen someone make almost like just a tragic mistake. You know, for me, I assume it's probably someone who's a bit older, has mismanaged their money. Me and you can both relate, mm-hmm. like with our parents, right, yep. of mismanaging yep. money. Like they don't have retirement, no 401k. If 50, 60 plus, still have to work, right? Yes. And it's worrisome, not only for them, but for their kids. What's, you know, we'll jump into the positive right after. So don't tune away once you hear, you know, this sad <laughs> story. But what's one moment or what's the, most tragic thing that you've seen so far? So I'm going to answer it with a principle, okay? Mm-hmm. Cause I'm a, I believe in principles. I believe in being a principle based person. And, um, there's a principle in life of, um, that a lot of us misunderstand and we don't get right. And that's a principle of love. Right. Um, and, and in, in my, in my mind, a lot of times we think that helping others avoid pain is love. Hmm. And, um, did you just sound like Will Smith right there? Just saying so you know. <laughs> big Willie up in here. Okay. So if, but helping, you know, that, that feeling, um, you know, and so I look back to, uh, my parents and obviously this would be my first, uh, interview that mm-hmm. would ever be public. Uh, <laughs> don't know if they'd ever hear it, but uh-huh. I feel like they made a lot of financial decisions, bad financial decisions out mm-hmm. of love for us as kids. Yeah. Mine you too. Know? And, um, it's not like, Hey, I'm thinking about when I'm 70, so I'm going to spend my money like this. It's like, nope, exactly. we have five kids or whatever, and we got to take care of them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And and on top of that, it's like, you know, um, I felt like, you know, I had a high capacity for suffering as a, as a youth. We didn't have a lot, yeah. um, you know, and, and, um, and they, and my parents worked hard. Both of them worked hard. Um, and, and like I said, a lot of what they did when it came to some of those bad decisions was out of love. Um, but they like were still bad like decisions, you know, that's they, interesting. Yeah. And so that, that principle to me is, uh, is it rings true. And I, I was talking with a young, a young individual yesterday and, uh, he's 30. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I, I told him like, if, if, uh, you know, you think that in 10 years you'll be able to make bigger sacrifices and change your mindset, then but you can't make those sacrifices and change mm-hmm. your mindset now, yep. you know, you're, you're, you're mistaken, you you're know, mistaken. and, and that's me being upfront. That's me being mm-hmm. bold with people. And that's me, you know, telling them the truth though. And that is the truth because guess what, you know, in 10 years, and this was a young guy, 29, 30 years old with a one, one young child. It's like, you want more kids, three, three, four more kids. You could have three or four more kids in 10 years. Yeah. And guess what? <laughs> Circumstances change. Life only gets harder. Yeah. Or you might want a new house or this mm-hmm. or that, you know? And so, so the decision now to make sacrifices, you know, and, uh, you know, just like what Tony says in money master the game, figuring mm-hmm. out how to do it now and make those sacrifices to put away now and hurt more now. Right. Mm. That, that principle of pain of, of, uh, of being willing to not put off or delay your pain and your gratification, um, 
will save you from a lot more pain that you'll feel in the future, you know? And so going back to that same principle with individuals who, who make bad decisions potentially out of love or what they feel is love, uh, I would have been fine, you know, I, my, or, or, you know, like me and my siblings would have been fine yeah. if we didn't have as much mm-hmm. period. We would have been fine. We would have been stronger, you know? And, mm-hmm. and, um, and, and they could have been a little more selfish in the way that they prepared. And in my opinion, that selfishness would have potentially taught us better principles and lessons mm. than what we learned in uh, contrast. Yeah. So would you, would that be your tip to whether you're not a parent or whatever, like what's your one tip? It sounds like what's just one basic principle that we can all apply financially. So we can still enjoy now, but make sure we're taking care of our future. Yeah. I mean, if, if I had to say it would just be to, um, it would be to, to learn to endure that pain now, Mm. you know, like whether it's looking at tax advantaged options where you're paying those taxes up front, right? Roth, Roth options, getting it out of the way. Now, when you look at a country that has the debt that we have, what do you think taxes are going to be like when you and I go to retire? That's the question you ask Mm. yourself. Yeah, it's more painful now, but if you learn to endure the pain now and cut whatever sacrifices you need to now, you'll, you'll, you'll be glad you'll be grateful in the end, you know? Yeah. I love that concept. And I look at it in another way too, of we often say we'll be happy when, right? The same concept, like I'll be happy when I get a promotion Yeah. or once I make a hundred K I'll be happy. Exactly. Like, yo, if you're not happy right now, why are you going to be happy when this specific thing happens? If, and when you do get that one thing, you'll find yourself in the same spot the next day. Exactly. Right. Yep. I love that. Okay. So that, that principle mm-hmm. applies to finance, but you know, when I thought of it in terms of pain, I was actually listening to a video that was not talking about finances, right? Mm. It was talking about pain and regret, the pain and regret of, it was talking about someone who was trying to avoid pain now. Right. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of their life, the pain that they feel is the pain of regret, the mm. pain of suffering, the pain of not having done more. And instead early on they were avoiding that pain of embarrassment rejection failure all those different that things, sounds right? like ed Milet. so a total principle yeah you know it's, it's a principle that's <laughs> yeah. and that's why i like principles because it's applicable through many different facets right yeah one cool thing i've done financially this year for myself is one of my goals i made earlier this year was to cut off i can't remember exactly but it was call a couple people like my internet bill cancel HBO, lower my car insurance. We've talked about that. Lowering your car insurance. Like I paid $180 for car insurance. I switched. This is not a shout out, but it is kind of a shout out for Geico (laughs) because it did save me whatever their slogan is. Now I pay $90. Like I pay half. Yeah. You know, like I canceled HBO. I don't need to pay 15 bucks a month to watch my like Netflix. You know, I switched to T-Mobile. My Netflix is now included. You know, like you can do, if you just ask questions and you look, I mean, just Google it. Googling is easy Yeah. and you can cut, I think I've cut my bills by like 200 bucks a month. Yeah. That's a lot of money. Yeah. That's a ton of money. You know, that's cool. And for some young families that are out there, um, once again, it's just cause you're active and involved in it. That's mm-hmm. above, that's above the average, right? You're active yeah. and involved in it. And, uh, if you are just looking, then you'll find areas in which you can, you can create savings. $200 to a young family can be life-changing. Yeah. I like it. You just got to start looking. Um, when you made this big jump, we're 
switching back to the job change. Yeah. You mentioned your wife earlier and she seems, well, I know her, so I know she's awesome, (laughs) but what are some difficult conversations? Because this is being real. We're not like saying, Oh man, good job, Jason. You made the jump. Like, yeah, you made it, you know, (laughs) this is real life and it affects like your kids, your wife, like you, you know, I'm not going to lie. Like I've seen, I met Jason the other week and it was like eight at night or something. So he's probably been working like 10, 12 hours. And I saw his eye twitch, like, (laughs) (laughs) like your eyelid. And I'm like, dude, I know this guy is going so hard, you know, because I've had the same thing. I remember like when I've been awake too long or worked too hard, like my eyelid twitches. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yep. So that's a compliment. But what are some realistic, but most likely difficult conversations that you've had with your family so that they can support you. Um, so other people can relate of what they might need to do with their own families. Sure. I would, so I would preface this with saying, um, you know, anyone who feels, uh, you know, about, um, personal development issues that they're hokey or this or that have a mindset shift right now, <laughs> yeah. first off, because, um, you know, and, and I, I started listening to those things and I, I started trying to share it with everybody that I knew, right. Because it was changing my, everything about me. And, uh, you know, my, my, my wife love her to death. Um, she was a little reluctant at times to like, listen to things, right. Mm-hmm. I was like, Hey, just listen to this interview while you're doing your daily duties or while yeah, you drive, yeah. do it, do it uh-huh. because it'll make a difference, you know? And, um, and so it was, like I said, a very long process, but, um, we, we went through many difficult discussions. Um, and, and now she's been prepared uh, for this journey. Um, not just, not just through a lot of like those, that content, but Mm -hmm. um, just through us and me trying to relay those types of things and instilling that belief and hope that I feel in her, um, and, and her back to me. Right. Because it is necessary to have that reciprocation within a, a, um, a relationship and with everything in life. Mm -hmm. Right. But yeah, I mean, I remember, um, you know, one time and, and it wasn't like she didn't want me to make the jump, you know, she liked the security, but she liked the security, right? Mm-hmm. She liked, she, she, she wanted me to be my own boss, but she liked the security. Mm-hmm. And I remember one time we had a conversation, I had just finished sitting through like a seminar. And so I was jacked up, right? <laughs> yeah. I was probably amped up on some adrenaline <laughs> and whatnot and feeling real good. And, uh, the conversation we had over the phone, which probably shouldn't have been a phone conversation, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but, uh, I would, I think I just couldn't think straight either. Um, and so another lesson there, don't act on emotion. Right. So I came back down from that high. I'm quitting tomorrow. (laughs) I came back down from that high to think logically and objectively through it. Mm -hmm. But still the conversation we had at the time, I still remember very vividly because, um, she said to me, you know, we were talking on the phone. I said, you know, I, I, I think I'm ready, you know, like I, I think I'm ready to quit my job and, you know, and, and, um, go after this, you know, this is commission only, but you know, the opportunity is huge. Um, you know, it's the finance industry and, uh, she, um, you know, I remember her saying like, well, what about our home? You know, what about, what about everything we have? You know, what about the life we've built? And the words were very Mm. similar to this, maybe not exactly verbatim, but very similar was we've built a good life. I don't want to leave. I don't want to lose our good life. And, you know, I just remember saying, well, do you want to live a good life the rest of our life or do you want to live a great life? Mm-hmm. You know, and um, and that just has stuck with me forever, even because it just kind of came to me in that moment as well. But it was like the discussions from there have been OK, like, yeah, we've built a good life. Are we good with that? Are we OK with that? You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, we we um, 
you know, in, in, in Utah now to get a quarter of an acre, you're spending, you know, $500,000, $600,000 on a home, you know? And so it, that, that question, you know, you begs the question, like, what do you want? You know, do, do you want, what do you want in life? And it's a decision. You make the decision, then you go for it. And so, you know, obviously in that moment, it wasn't super well received by my wife, but <laughs> it's a process, you know? Yeah. And so as we went through it together and, and we're able to expand our visions together mm-hmm. of, of the faith that we have in me um, and the faith that we have in God to mm-hmm. help me get there. Um, and get where we want to be and where we, um, where we could be if we decided it was, it was then, you know, having that mindset shift of, yeah, we are willing to give up this good life. Hmm. You know, yeah. If things went South, then we're okay losing everything. You know, like like you will, we'll do whatever we need to, to, um, fulfill my potential and, and, and max out our lives. That's cool. So you, to echo this, you were okay losing your good life in order to get a great life. Yeah. In fact, I love that. We, we are still currently constantly in the process mm-hmm. of deciding, do we want to stay in our home or should we just sell it and reset, hit the reset button yeah. while we're still young, you know, I'm 29 and, um, and, and, and once again, it's like, you know, we did build a good life, you know, but, but, uh, you know, we're weighing it out and deciding because you still even, have so much time. Exactly. And even like uncle G says, maybe I mm-hmm. shouldn't have bought in the first place. Maybe I should have been renting this whole mm-hmm. time. And, and, uh, we got a ton of equity. We put cash in the bank and, and no stresses for a long time while yeah. I build and grow. And so mm-hmm. it's all, it's all a huge, you know, weighing out game and, and, uh, tons of prayer, tons of meditation, tons of, of all of the above and discussion and open objective discussion. And, so we have that discussion. It's it's an ongoing process, right? This isn't like the end story. This is you catching us, catching me at the beginning. Yep. And at the beginning. Which I yeah. love. So everyone listening, this is just the beginning. Jason, you started or you quit your job just over a month ago, right? Yeah. Yep. So you're fresh, straight into it. Very much so. And so we will talk again in a year. We'll shake on it just so we can see where you are in a year. And again, a year is not even a long time, but I know that you'll be much just in a much better situation. And one could assume that you are stressing financially. Yeah. Yeah. Which thank you for being honest. Like, I think it's like, why not just be honest about it? Yeah. Most of us probably are in some way or another, whether it's through stupidity or by choice, you know what I mean? But Besides financial financial stress, this whole situation of making the jump to your own hustle, what's been the biggest challenge? You know, my wife said to me the other day, it's like, you know, she knew this, but she had an expectation of like, well, now you don't have to go into the office. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and, uh, and I get to pick and choose my hours and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But she's like, but now you're working like way more than you were working <laughs> before. And it was yeah. like, but that's the idea. Mm-hmm. And that's desirable. Mm-hmm. you know compared to the alternative right um and so you know that's been big but honestly i think um the biggest challenges would the biggest challenges just out of finance outside of finances is um is people you know i mm-hmm. um i i care about people a ton like in this industry um you know you have to have integrity you have to be um you have to be willing to do the right thing um you know i i um 
I told you and I tell everybody that I work with and sit down with my goal. And my goal is always transparency and over communication throughout Mm -hmm. the process. And, and I'm okay with rejection. I'm okay with, you know, no's. I'm okay with all of the above. I hate not, I hate um, lack of communication. It Mm. really frustrates me. It really does just because I know what I have to bring to the table and I know the ways in which I can serve people and the way that I can change their lives. Um, but you know, some people are just not open to it, you know, and, yeah. and that's okay, you know, but, um, the timing, but it too. is, yeah, the, you know, that's, that's, that's hard, you know, rejection is hard. I think that's why the first year I wasn't ready to be rejected. And every time I huh. got rejection, it was like, you know, it was like, um, the sky was falling. Right. And so I prepared myself, you know, how do you get over rejection and all the no's that you hear? Because yeah. what's the percentage, right? Probably the people you reach out to. How many people agree to a meeting? Um, maybe I I would say somewhere between fifty and seventy percent. Okay, so that's you pretty know. good actually. So it is. It is. So fifty percent agree to a meeting. How many people actually sign up with the services out of those fifty percent? Yeah. So I would say in that area. Um, you know, since I've been doing this, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 70 to 80%. Yeah. Which it's pretty is high. Good. It is. It's probably just you and your charming ways. Well, <laughs> and hopefully once again, yeah. my goal is, is, um, with everybody that I work with is find solutions that are right for them. Well, and you actually you know? care. And I think that's I do. a big thing, like, because you've seen how it can affect you and your own family and you've seen why it matters. Yeah, I definitely do. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's the whole goal of, of what what I'm doing is is uh, to make to implore people to make changes. Right. I told that story about my parents and it's like had somebody stepped in and had the discussions that I have with individuals, then it could have changed their lives. But mm-hmm. nobody ever did. Right. Yeah. And uh, so when I step in, it's not just it's 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 not at all about a commission or a check. Mm-hmm. And it is everything about what is right for those individuals. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I see it that way is because I know that my business will grow organically. That's that's no matter what way. it's going to. It's going to grow organically when I do it the right way. And when I do I love the that. right thing, you know. And, um, and I know that people will feel that in the way that I, I act, the way I present myself, the way I work with them, they'll feel the honesty and the sincerity and, and, uh, they'll trust me whether it's, whether it is to just refer business, um, you know, than it is to, um, you know, work with us. That is awesome. So quick plug for you. If they want to know about these financial benefits, where can they find you? Uh, good question. I mean, they can, they can find me through you. Currently I, mm-hmm. I, to be honest, I've, I've built everything through word of mouth. So I, um, I'm in the process of building a website so I can get that to you if you'd like to have that, um, by the time this posts. Yeah. Send me um, the website. Yeah. But you know, there's yeah. Word of mouth. I mean, through you. Okay, and, cool. Uh, so yeah, if this does interest you message me on like Instagram, Facebook, email, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, all right, so we've come to the segment of the show where I randomly scroll through my phone and I pick a note or a thought of inspiration that I've learned from reading or listening to something or a conversation. And I call it Scroll My Soul. And this is what I have for you, good sir. So tell me how you resonate with this. Sure. I, I think you will. So people underestimate, or sorry, people overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate what they can do in 10 years. 
So what are your thoughts on that? So people overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate in 10 years. Yep. It, it goes back to the principle of feeling um, lack of patience mm-hmm. and at the same time lack of um, lack of vision, in mm-hmm. my opinion. You know, in this life, once again, um, if you're talking about from a business standpoint as an entrepreneur, as a business builder, owner, as a builder, as a creator, or as an employee, um, you know, it's really hard to look forward a year or you're talking about finances. It's really Mm -hmm. hard to look forward, um, past this month and this next paycheck. And it's Mm -hmm. really hard to look forward 10 years and 20 years. You know, I, I have a friend and one time I asked him, he told, he told me he was 34. And and so I was at the time 29. Yeah, I'm 29 still. So it was this year. <laughs> but uh, I thought about that. And I'm like, okay, five years. And I thought, what would be different in five years? And uh, I was like, wow, my daughter will be eight. That's mind blowing. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially when you see it in children, right? I may not have changed. Yeah. She's gotten a little fatter, you know, like <laughs> whatever. But uh, <laughs> you look at a child in five years is like just insane amount of growth, right? Mm-hmm. My new daughter will be five. Um, and so then the question is, is who am I at, in five years, huh. you know? And so, and so that's what I think about when I think about that quote, because in a year, uh, I feel like once again, we're too impatient with certain things and we're mm-hmm. trying to hit home runs too fast in a lot of different ways. Yeah. You know, I never looked at financial services. This is not a, um, uh, a way to just hit things off big and fast. Um, it is a grind, but I'm building, you know, mm-hmm. everything that I do, I'm building. And mm-hmm. that is, that is hopeful that, that gives you hope that gives you strength, that gives you courage, it gives you faith. And so when I look at this, I know that in a year I'll be a different man mm-hmm. because of this, because of what I'm doing. But I know that in 10 years I will have built for myself. Right. Mm-hmm. And it won't be like it was when I was in my corporate role where, okay, I'm going to transition and then and then poof, that's somebody else's baby, you know, and mm-hmm. that's somebody else's job to oversee mm. it. No, what I'm doing and in 10 years, I will have built mm-hmm. everything that I'm doing is a step towards building every person that I talk to, every person that I meet with, um, you know, every time that I get uncomfortable, every rejection or failure that I get, um, everything that happens throughout that process will be building. And so in 10 years, um, you know, I feel like I have mm-hmm. built the ability to foresee and look, I mean, and, and to have a vision of what can be accomplished within 10 years and gets me out of bed every day. Dude, I love it. <laughs> you know, I'll just leave it at that. Cause that was, that was beautiful. Um, hopefully that was all coherent. No, it was it's very, <laughs> cause I'm good at tangents and loud and clear, and sir. <laughs> so thank you so much for being on here jason what do you have any last tips advice or wisdom to part on us before you go yeah i mean i um you know for me the whole deal is is that uh, i loved that personal development space so much because it changed my life because it changed my mindset mm-hmm. you know there's a guy and i i can't remember his name once again but just i listened to so much content and that was the piece of advice that changed his life. Change your mindset, change your life. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I had to have that mindset shift. But everybody has that that the capacity to do that. Everybody has the potential to fulfill their actual dreams, mm-hmm. not the dreams that they're subject to within the vehicle that they've chosen or that they're in currently, but to actually fulfill their dreams. Um, it's just a matter of being and and hey, some of us are further along. Some of us have a different skill mm-hmm. set. Some of us are blessed with different skill sets. Um, 
but we all have the ability to develop. We all have the ability to grow and we all have the ability to change that. And so it's a decision. And so if I had to tell somebody, then it's start making good decisions on a daily basis. Dude, I love it. Dude, I'm freaking, I'm pumped right now. <laughs> I'm not going to act on emotions, but this is a rational decision anyway. Um, <laughs> this is going to be really cool because we, I mean, you're a guy who's speaking like this, who's so confident, but you're just only, you're not a month into it, but we'll say a month into it of just yeah. full bore into it. And yeah. then we're going to see in a year, um, who knows, maybe you're, I'm underestimating your one year, but in 10 years from now, we're going to see what you've built and it's for the long term. And I'm excited yeah. that this is just documentation of where you're going to end up and it's going to be super cool. And can I say one more thing? You know, man, in that month since I've left, I will say that I have had multiple revelatory business and mind changing moments. Mm -hmm. And I felt like a lot of that came to me and, and I was blessed with and imparted on me uh, because of that decision. And so I have no doubt mm -hmm. in a year, um, you know, I know who I want to be and the goal is I'll be fighting to become that person. Do you, you think know? of just that one month times 12? Exactly. Sweet, man. <laughs> okay. Jason, we'll talk to you in a year. So again, thank you, sir. You're awesome. See you guys in a year. I hope you guys enjoyed the interview with Jason. We'll touch back up with him in a year to see how his progress is going. And this week's challenge is inspired by Vivint Smart Home. Be home and be present for the holidays. Your gift should be your presence, not only physically, but truly invested in each moment. We will never have these moments back, so please remember this challenge throughout the holidays and even be mindful with your favorite in-laws. There are a few ways you can report back once you complete the challenge. You can post on Facebook or Instagram using hashtag GoalLinkChallenge, comment on this episode's specific post on Facebook or Instagram, send us a private message, or use the GoalLink hotline. To use the hotline, call 385-626-0525 and follow the instructions. Thank you all for tuning in this week. Please keep this challenge in mind throughout the holidays. I hope they're amazing. My name is Ben. This has been The Golink Show.